It was a warm Saturday in July of 1926 in Upper New York State. Earl Gates, a student of the forestry camp of Syracuse University, decided to take advantage of the day off and head out for an afternoon walk in the woods nearby. There was no distinct trail for Gates to follow, no semblance of a path at all. Not thinking much of it, as he was just out for a nice walk, he just casually blazed his own. But it wasn't long after leaving the camp around 1.30 p.m. that Gates realized he had lost his bearings. He pulled out the compass from his pocket but still couldn't get a grasp on where to go or how to understand where he was or how to get back. Gates decided to strike out through the woods in the direction from where he thought he had wandered. He kept walking until after nightfall with no sign of habitation, and his night was about to get even worse. Not long after sunset, the clouds rolled in with gustful wind and rain. It was one of the worst storms in the Adirondacks history, and Gates was caught right in the middle of it. The storm broke over Cranberry Lake, and the downpour continued until Sunday morning. Gates had no choice but to find what little protection he could beneath some trees. The rain slowed under the trees but it wasn't enough to keep his clothes from getting completely soaked. It was a long and miserable night for Gates. The constant rain chilled him, and the eerie noises of branches breaking in the storm far off were less than comforting. Nevertheless, he felt confident that the storm would pass, and he would quickly find his way out in the morning. Meanwhile, When fellow students realized that Gates was missing that night, they became alarmed, but decided it was unwise to send a search party out in the middle of such a dangerous storm. Though the thought was unsettling, knowing Gates was out there alone, they made plans to begin a search party in the morning. On Sunday morning, the storm cleared, and the blue sky was just enough encouragement to get Gates up and walking again. He was eager to find his way out of the woods quickly, but the passing hours gradually drained his optimism. Back at the forestry school, as soon as Sunday morning dawned, two search parties quickly organized for the search of Earl Gates. One was under the direction of Ivan Bancroft, a camp official. Bancroft was thoroughly familiar with the country surrounding Cranberry Lake. Leaving at daybreak, the search parties left the camp looking everywhere within a radius of several miles. By nightfall, however, Gates had yet to see any signs of habitation, trails, or paths, and was still completely lost, maybe even deeper into the wilderness. He had eaten nothing since lunch on Saturday at noon, though he was exhausted, very hungry, and his clothing still wet and shilling from the storm. He fought the urge to press on, and realized it was best to hunker down for another night alone and lost in the wilderness. The search groups returned Sunday night back to the camp, both reporting no success in their search, nor any signs of Gates at all. Several students who knew Gates advanced the theory that he may have drowned in the lake. They believed he was familiar with the area and could not have gotten lost. Gates awoke Monday morning and walked for several more hours, finally coming upon a vacant cabin. 
He entered the unsecured cabin and ate all of the remainders of a loaf of bread he found left on the table. With a little food in him, Gates had enough clarity of mind to reflect on his next course of action. He had seen a mountain earlier from a distance, and as he neared this mountain, he decided it might be best to climb it to see if he could regain his sense of direction. Gates left the cabin and set off for the mountaintop. After several hours of climbing through the unmarked wilderness, he reached the top, and much to his dismay, he still could not recognize any landmarks. Weak, weary, and hungry, he decided then and there to stay right where he was and wait for search parties. He was more than ready to be rescued by the people who were undoubtedly looking for him by now. Losing daylight, Gates found what protection he could, expecting to settle in for his third long night. That morning, however, the search parties had set out again at sunrise to look in the areas further removed from the camp. Shortly after 2 p.m., the party headed by Bancroft decided to climb Wolf Mountain in case Gates decided to go to higher ground for the very reason he did. When they reached the top, they found Gates lying exhausted on the ground. Wolf Mountain is about 10 miles from the camp at Syracuse University, and it was determined that Gates indeed had traveled many times that distance in his wanderings with no food and little water while trying to find his way back to camp. The Ogdensburg Republican Journal published Gates' story in the July 14, 1926 edition. It read, Earl Gates of 219 Clarendon Street and his adventure of being lost for over 48 hours was found alive on the top of Wolf Mountain. Officials at the camp said that Gates appeared none the worse for his ordeal and reported that warmth and food were all it took to restore him to normal. Earl Gates was lucky enough to lose his way in the wilderness and be rescued. What would you do in the same circumstances? Here's what you should do according to the U.S. Forest Service. Advanced planning is essential. Even if you're going for a short hike, you need to plan for the unexpected. Make sure you have more than enough food and water for your planned excursion. A compass and the knowledge to use it are essential. Electronic devices may not work due to weak or no signals in isolated areas. Obtain and use a map of the area you are hiking. Note your route and any alternative routes available. Proper attire is crucial as well. Wearing appropriate footwear is essential, as is clothing to keep you warm in the range of temperatures in the region you are hiking, including after nightfall. An extra layer in your backpack may mean the difference between life and death. Additionally, dry socks should always be available especially wool or other synthetics designed to keep you warm even while wet. A small waterproof emergency kit containing a blanket, flashlight, matches, and a basic first aid kit should always be carried with you. Before your departure, tell someone dependable where you are going and when you plan to return. They should know the make and model of your vehicle, the trailhead you will begin at, and the routes you plan to take. If you do become lost, you need to follow the steps according to the acronym STOP. S. Stop. Stay calm and stay put. Panic is your most significant adversary. T. Think. How did you get to where you are? 
Can you recognize any landmarks? Do not move until you have a clear, concise plan. O. Observe. Take out your compass and determine your directions. Are you on a trail? Stay on it. Are there nearby trails to which you can navigate? As a last resort, can you follow a stream or drainage area downhill? This route can be the most dangerous, so only choose this as a last resort. P. Plan. What are your possible plans of action? What are the advantages and disadvantages of each plan? How confident are you in each scenario? If confidence is low, stay where you are. If it is near dark, if you are injured or exhausted, stay where you are. If you choose a plan to walk out yourself, you need to remember to stop and rest frequently. Do not walk until you are exhausted. Rest in the shade while eating or taking breaks. After eating, continue to rest for at least 30 minutes. Drink plenty of water to stay hydrated. Address small problems before they become significant problems, even if it slows you down. It is difficult to recover from exhaustion, so do not push your body to this point. If it is extremely hot, especially between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., stop and rest in a shady spot. The heat will be harsh on your body, and it is best to make progress while it is less demanding and more comfortable. Above all, stay calm. Following the above procedures will provide you with the best chance for survival. This episode of In the Wild was narrated by Ian Scotto and written by Beverly Fraser. Subscribe for more on our website at narrative.fm. Thanks for listening to In the Wild.